Welcome, everyone. This is the Nerds RPG Variety Cast. I'm your host, Jason. Normally, we would have more individual segments. I got long-winded in answering an email, or an email, a voicemail. So we're going to count that as one of the segments, because I talk about story games and how story game is not a bad word. So there's a se- we'll consider that a segment. There's a couple call-ins. There's a winner to our contest from Episode 8, and there's a mystery unboxing. So that's what you're in store for this week. Hey Jason, Spencer here. Just wanted to say, Rysus is a, a great pick. Um, probably the quintessential rules-like game, and it wouldn't take a genius to figure out that Osseus um, is basically Rysus with a different core mechanic. Um, uh, and I wanted to say a little bit about story games. Um, I see it's kind of got this sort of negative connotation and uh, that seems to come from people using it uh, to talk about games like Powered by the Apocalypse as if that's some way of downgrading it from a RPG. But uh, for me, story games are quite often self-proclaimed story games. That's what they call themselves and usually involve rules that are designed specifically for telling a particular kind of story. Hey, that was Spencer, or Free Thrall, from Keep Off the Borderlands, our, the world-famous designer of the Osseus role-playing game. I just wanted to throw out there, his, I, I want to thank him for the call, and, you know, Rysus, I love, and, and maybe we can have some more discussions on that and, and work on with it. Because um, I, I think it really is, you, you know, one of the neat things about Rysus, and I probably mentioned this in my review, I don't, I'd have to go back and listen, but... He designed, S. John Ross designed Rysus to playtest modules. He, I listened to an interview with him. He was writing modules for other games, and he didn't want to learn all the different rule systems for all the different games he's writing modules for, but he wanted to playtest the modules to make sure everything flowed right, you know, with players. So he developed Rysus to playtest all the modules he was writing for other games to, you know, work through the play, the the actual encounters and make sure the story flowed right not so much the mechanics right but so the story flowed right which is kind of interesting and that kind of leads into the story game thing that you mentioned and i do think in some circles story game is kind of a bad word which is and and recently there have been a lot of discussions on audio dungeon a lot of discussions on you know uh, ray otis has talked about it and some other over on plunder grounds and some other people talked about naming of games like story games, rules like games, and the terms we use, and how some terms are better than others. And hold on, I gotta get my stop my dog from digging here. Maddie, get out of that. But um, it, it's interesting because story game definitely should not be a, a negative term. And I don't know where that started or when that started. I guess we'd have to go look. You know, did it start somewhere like Dragon's Foot or Knights and Knaves? Did it start? You know, as a kickback. I know RG, yeah, RPG Pundit 
the the guy that does the RPG site, and he does some other stuff. He wrote the Lion and the Dragon RPG. I think it's Lion and Dragon. Uh, but he's kind of anti-story game, or at least he, like on his forum, he separates story games. He, he has role-playing games and has like a, any other game category, right? And he always kind of rails against the negativity of, or the bad parts of story games or whatever. Actually, I shouldn't put words in his mouth. But he seems to be one of the proponents that story games aren't, aren't real role-playing games or whatever, right? But I think story games definitely have a place. You know, today, actually, I'm recording this the morning of the 11th. And quit digging there. The um, Glenn Halstrom over at... Uh, crap, I need to go look now. Grodnar Radio. Uh, Glenn Halstrom, who you might know, he's over on Vince's RPG Network. And he does the, the second... Thacko's Hammer, the second edition D&D podcast. But... He has a really good podcast. It's worth listening to. And But today, the 11 October edition, he talks about dice systems and, and simple dice systems. But he talks about how dungeon he really likes the Dungeon World dice system because it allows granularity in your decision. So if you have a failure, it allows you to describe, you know, it prompts you how bad you failed so, and to describe that failure, which is a very much considered, I think we would agree, a story game technique. You, you know, saying the, you know, oh, you hit somebody, describe that. That's not necessarily a story game technique. But say, well, you, you succeeded, but you had a failure. Tell me what the failure was. We, we consider that. So a story game, to me, is where the players are given narrative control in the game. Okay? And, and whatever. I don't know the definitions are all that useful, because as long as everybody's having fun, it's a good game. And I enjoy playing those kind of games as much as I enjoy just the strict rules as written you know, almost a tactical kind of slog through a dungeon where there's no, you know, you're almost like you're playing squad leader, right? Or advanced squad leader. So I, I think story games have been poo-pooed, and I know I'm just rambling here, Spencer, but I'm with you. I, th- I think it's a shame because, like we see from Glenn Halstrom's thing, you know, he's very much, you know, second edition d and He's good friends with um, Eric Tenkar. You know, he's over on... 10 cars when they do the dungeon talk every every week and all that. But he's very much a proponent of story game techniques, you know, as shown in his podcast today. So I, I don't know it's a cut-and-dry OSR versus story game thing. I think maybe it's just some people want to complain about things and target things, and story games are an easy target. And I think part of that, though, honestly, and, and I'll cut this off here, and maybe other people can call in with thoughts... But, and this was brought up, shoot, I think, I'm pretty sure it was posted by um, John over at Red Dice Diaries, where he had a negative experience with some of the, on maybe a forum or online, with some of the people, that, some of the story game proponents, which isn't an indictment of story games, but I guess there were people on the quote-unquote story game side that were maybe railing against OSR or talking crap against OSR stuff. And, and I can't put words in John's mouth. But I've kind of seen that too, where some of the story game people are really, and I'm not going to name names, but they're really, really um, forceful in pushing their opinions. And, 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 and they're some of the quickest people to, you know, people say OSR is not inclusive. Some of those story game circles are much less inclusive than OSR will ever be. So I, I think maybe it's the people on the story game side being so forceful 
that push some of us older folks away from them in some degree, which is a shame because it's not indictment of the game. It's it's maybe a generational difference or maybe a just a difference in the attitudes of the of some of the players and the players have grabbed and the and the people with these attitudes have gravitated to story game or traditional game when really their problem has nothing to do with the gameplay. It's all politics or something else and and they're using these games as weapons in their their war against you know political wars so okay well i've just rambled for six minutes here but i had a lot of thoughts about quote-unquote story games the games are not a bad thing no physical game out there well okay there's some games that are you know if you're anyway you, you know where i'm going with this so I'm gonna, I'm gonna cut it off here before i put my foot in my mouth further Hey Jason, it's Evil Jeff. So I've powered through all of your episodes today, off and on <laughs> throughout the afternoon into the evening, uh, amongst everything else. So uh, yeah, good stuff there that you've got going on. Uh, like what you're doing with it. A uh, little bit different format than what I've heard other places, but hey, you're doing you, which is always the cool thing. So see when there's a couple things i want to comment on so you know this is going to be at least two if not three different uh mm-hmm. responses oh yeah so going into one uh eating at a pirate themed restaurant uh myrtle beach south carolina dolly parton decided to close up the dixie stampede and opened up pirate voyage if you've ever eaten at a Dixie Stampede um, or saw it, you know, it's a theater, dinner and a show. Uh, she took out the horses and the Old West stuff and put in pirate-themed stuff, which has battles going on and everything. Uh, I know one of the minions has gone there. I went ages ago when it was Dixie Stampede, so, Yeah. Um, episode seven, at one point you had your dog barking in the background. Uh, this was this afternoon and both of my dogs heard this coming across the speakers of the computer and both got up looking around like, where is this dog that we want to go and attack? It was quite humorous them kind of trotting around the house looking for your dog there. Now for something else. Yes, of course. Oh, they'll be totally discreet. Thank you. We got one! So your little audio clips that you're holding the little contest for. Um, the first one is the Thunder in Paradise TV show that Hulk Hogan was on. And the last one is another classic show, Viper. Um, The common thread, though, eludes me a little bit, besides the fact they were both sort of near future, at the time they were made, near future sort of TV shows using vehicles that were 
uh, very technologically advanced, more so than what you would expect, you know, a la Knight Rider, etc. So, you know, Viper definitely was one that was uh, following, trying to capture on Knight Rider, but using a really, really cool Dodge car. So, yeah, that's all I could come up with. Keep it up and look forward to hearing more podcasts. So that was Evil Jeff for the Minions and Musings podcast. If you're not listening to Minions and Musings, you need to get over there and listen to it. It's really a good podcast. He, 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 you know, it's a combination of good thoughts on RPG stuff. Yes, you know, some personal recollections in there and stuff. You hear how the Evil Jeff name developed. Um, I, I highly recommend his podcast. It's you, you know worth listening to. So on to on to his comments. Um, yeah, I didn't know that Dolly Parton had changed the stampede over to a pirate thing down in Myrtle Beach. Um, I haven't, we used to go to Holden Beach a lot and rent a house, which is North Carolina, right near the edge. But I've never, you know, I don't know if I've ever been to Myrtle Beach. Isn't that crazy? But, yeah, that's kind of crazy. So, so anyway, so anybody wants to go to a pirate restaurant, maybe there's, maybe that's still there in Myrtle Beach. Um, as far as the dogs, yeah, I see them as a feature, not a, a problem with my podcast. Um, th- this is gorilla podcasting a la Dave over T percentile. So, you know, I, uh, dogs are part of my life. So they're, they're going to be in the background. Um, hopefully they future installments will give your dogs more things to look for and search for. As far as the contest, you nailed it, man. So this is the contest from eight October, or I'm sorry, from episode eight. This is the episode eight contest. And and he nailed it. Evil Jeff got it. So the shows were Thunder in Paradise, of course, with Hulk Hogan, uh, where they were like retired Navy SEALs, and they had a, a super-duper cigarette boat that had all kinds of tech stuff in there and armor and stuff. And the other one was Viper, which had a Dodge Viper that would up armor. And both of them featured really horrible CGI for the... Ooh, Maddie just ran into a pole. You okay, bud? Yeah, they're they're horse playing in the backyard um he ran maddie ran into our clothesline the one of the poles for clothesline he's okay anyhow um yeah so neither were good show very good shows um but yeah so that's great that evil jeff got him and he got the combining thing the high-tech vehicles so he won the prize for that so that contest is now closed i'll come up with another one maybe with some harder ones in the future Although, I wonder, you know, I have a, a fair number of listeners over in England. Well, I should say British Isles. I'm not sure if everybody, if, if you guys are in England or Wales or Scotland or where exactly you are up there. Um, but I, I wonder if you ever saw Viper. I mean, of course, Thunder in Paradise. Everybody's seen that, right? That's world famous. <laughs> Probably not. So that might have been an unfair question. You guys may have never seen any of those shows. Maybe I'll have to find some shows from other countries and use them next time. But anyway, great job, Evil Jeff. Thank you for participating in the contest. And everybody, listen to his podcast. What's in the basket? Easter eggs? Okay, time for this week's unboxing. So, for a mystery unboxing this week, we have something from Ship Naked again. So, let's see what it is. Now, this one just arrived. So, we'll see what this is. This comes from, again, Londonderry, New Hampshire. So, Derry. It's kind of Stephen-esque there, isn't it? 
good for Halloween. So I love, I do love fall. Fall is my favorite time of the year. So this package is nine, almost nine and a half inches wide by 15 and a half inches long by, oh, three and a half tall. So let's see what's in here. Um, it's a, like I say, it's basic package, says it weighs six pounds. So let's see what's in here. Let me find my Swiss Army knife. Here it is. Let's open it up. Just a nondescript brown package that was left on the doorstep today. So let's get this where you can hear me do my cutting. Okay, maybe you can't. Maybe if I got a dull knife, it'd be easier for you to hear me cut, huh? I don't know. Okay, that should be enough cutting. I should be able to pop the rest of this open. There we go. Ah, it's another package that has that white packing paper. I love that much more than packing peanuts, I think you've got. Oh, Mythic Battles, okay. So, Mythic Battles Pantheon is a board game by the same people that do the Conan board game. Company is Mythic. And this is, or Monolith. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, company is Monolith. Huh. Maybe, oh, I see why I saw that. Yeah, it's Monolith. So, this is a board, this isn't some, it's kind of a board game, kind of a battle game, war game. Um, and the initial set was all Greek gods. And you have all different kinds of Greek gods, and it came with tons of monsters and different things. And you have, you know, you have actual gods, and you have heroes, and you have monsters, and then you have just like little groups of, you know, you have the Trojan, or I don't know if you have Trojans. You have the um, Spartans, and you have, you know, different little groups, and it's pretty neat. And it came with some kind of really crappy stand up trees and different train pieces. The trees actually aren't too bad, the rocks are really kind of bad. But it, it's a neat little game. Um, and they did an upgrade pack and they offered some additional piece, additional expansions. I didn't buy the additional expansions, to be honest. I only play this online with a friend of mine. You know, we'll both set up and have our cameras and so we can see each other's setup. But I got it more because he really likes it than, than I do. Um, it's fine. It's just, it's, you know, they're coming out with, they're supposed to come out with a Norse expansion for it. And when they do that, I might buy all the Norse stuff. We'll see. But, so I got the upgrade pack, which came with, let's see, it came with more sliders for your cards for your unit cards and it comes with more activation cards recruitment cards updated rule book updated dashboards for the the units so i mean if you like monolith games and if you like you know kind of like they're not really war games they're but board based war games i guess I don't know how you describe it, but they're miniatures, and it's got all kinds of neat miniatures with it. So that's what this is, though. So not so exciting of an unboxing this week. Um, maybe I'll open something else, too. So I've got a package here from the online bookstore. So this is a special extra, because I'm not all that impressed with Mythic Battles. It's a fine game. It's just, I don't know, it never really ticked with me. It did come with a solo scenario, which is kind of neat that it has that. But I've got this package from the online bookstore. It's a black 
this plastic package that I'll open. That way we're adding a little more to this unboxing, right? And inside this package, we have... Oh, I'm going to add one other package, too. So in the, here we have a book. Everybody loves books. This is a book I bought at the recommendation of a gentleman named Jason Hobbs. You all know Jason Hobbs of various podcasts. This is the first book in a series that he said I had to read. It's a book by Steven Erickson, Gardens of the Moon, Volume 1 of the Malazan Book of the Fallen. Somebody else recently recommended this series as well. Somebody else mentioned it on a podcast. I don't remember who now. It I don't I don't remember who else said this, but somebody else I, I heard him talking about this guy's books. So Hobbs really, really recommends this series. So I got ordered the first book and I'm gonna give it a shot. So we'll see. Of course, who knows when I'll have time to actually read it. So the last thing I'm gonna do in this unboxing is a book from the book depository. Now I know what this is. The book depository is well, I thought they were out of England. I guess they are. But this actually came Liberty Express. Oh, yeah, from Jamaica, New York. Huh. This doesn't have any overseas stuff on it. It just got U.S. packaging on it. Interesting. Let's open this up, though. I think I know what this is. What this should be. This is a, a brand new book, unlike the used ones I bought before. And this is the last book of the Bloodsword game, game books. The Walls of Spite by Dave Morris and Oliver Johnson. So, cool. And these are these are game books, kind of like Choose Your Adventure, like the Merps game books. But these are more set up for parties, which is interesting. You're supposed to play this like as a group. I have not actually delved into these books yet. I need to, but I kind of want to do it with other people since that's what everybody told me. I, how everybody told me I should play them. So that's it for my unboxings today. I oh, and in the package from the book depository, they gave me. Uh, there's a little card here. $100 wine voucher for Naked Wines. If somebody drinks wine, I can send it to them. Um, let me know. I've got a, a bookmark. Love books. We're on the same page from the bookdepository.com. So there's that. And then there's a invoice in here. So there you go. Okay, that's the unboxing this week. As always, the best way to reach me is just leave a voice message on the Anchor app where you can reach me on the Audio Dungeon. Okay, so congratulations Evil Jeff for winning the contest. Thank you everybody for listening to the show. Sorry about the rant, but definitely call in to me and let me know what you think about titles and story games and all that. I don't think any game is a bad game just based around the mechanic like who has narrative control, so... Anyway, talked enough about that. So thank you very much for listening to my podcast. I just want to throw a shout out to TJ Drennan of the Melodious Miasma Meltdown and his other podcast. You can find him on Patreon. He's the one that has done the musical interludes for this show. Not obviously these ending theme or the beginning theme, but all the music in the middle is TJ. So go check out his Patreon. And I will talk to everybody on Monday.